with the audio auditorium. You get checked in in the auditorium. Explosive whips that you should never start them up. We vicious, we be kicking like Spartacus. I'm with my squad and we deeper than the charter bus. Balling hard so the mates about to call us up. We knock it out the park every at bat. And the name of the team is the Nola Sacks Kicks Ab. The championship is up for grabs. So we climb it vertically just to hit it. And the others won't matter when we get it. Me and Albert take the profit and split it. And then we split like bananas with the ice cream. Then we reconvene, cause we are a nice team. Overtaking our defenses is a pipe dream. Out of your mind, you might be. As a young black kid, I was into the X Games. Wanted to take it further, looking out for the next thing. But being where I'm from, people thought I was too crazy. Until I heard this new artist they called Lupe. He changed my whole view about the things that I love. I ignored all the haters, dog. It was what it was. I started rocking my gear. Got my fits all cool. And by the way, I even learned how to kickflip, too. I took them lessons that I learned back then. Converted all of them into confidence. And now we on go. Ain't no stopping this. And they gave me the energy to push and kick. And so we kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, coast. So grateful, dog. I learned to be it myself is amazing, dog. And so we kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, coast. I know I'm not alone. It brings a smile to my face while I'm singing a song. We got a lot on our plate, so whenever you see us, we probably eat. An appetite for destruction, so we always grub it and never believe it. Name ringing bells like Quasimodo at the top, so we never beneath it. Sometimes they call us the coolest, or maybe ruthless. That means it's easy. I'm really good with the raps, they giving me dabs, they knowing how wide I do. Alien energy out of this world, I'm screaming, I knew, nine With European, the spur of the moment purchase, so they calling it mine. New. They yelling, what was me because of that poetry? They fell in love with the high coops. What's going on, family? It's your boy, Kenny. We're back. Another edition of Conversations with Kenny. Uh, we're getting into the wrestling season all over again. We just came back from a big, big weekend of uh, pay-per-view matches. We had payback on Saturday. We had all out on Sunday. But obviously, we know all the news is circling around uh, the wrestling world. It only goes to one man and one man only, and that is CM Punk. We'll get into that a little bit later. But like always, I'm always joined by someone that uh, wants to give their take on wrestling. And then we pick their brain a little bit more and we get to know them a little bit better. I got uh, Willow Raven in the house right now, fellow wrestling uh, fan. Uh, come to find out, new podcaster to into the world, into this crazy world. I don't know why you want to do this, but we're <laughs> going to find out a little bit more about the concept of your show and what people can expect. Yeah. So, uh, what's going on? How are you? I'm amazing. Thank you so much for having me on here, first and foremost. Yes, thank um, you. Yeah, uh, what's going on? I mean, I've been um, trying to start a podcast, like you uh -huh. just said. Uh, I'm a content creator, for those mm -hmm. who don't know. So, um, I think we're going to get into that a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, so just doing this for today and excited about it. That's good, yeah, because, you know, it was crazy because, like, when you go on Twitter, not, like, 
I follow a lot of wrestling content. So anybody who posts something about wrestling, that's the first thing that will pop up. And then like little stuff will pop up um, like here and there. You'd be like, am I following this? You'd be like, no. Right. How I bumped into you had to do probably had to do something with wrestling. Yeah. Right. And then I barely go on Twitter. Right. <laughs> so I go on Twitter like maybe like one, two, maybe two or three times out the out the day. Right. And then at this point, I think when I started to like see like your posts, right, it was all wrestling. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened because I work nights. It happens to be one day I said, let me just go on Twitter just to post something. And then I seen something else, which we'll talk about, you know, your uh, like, you know, your work and stuff like that. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. And that's when I was like, wait a minute, is this her? I was like, nah, it can't be. I was like, this has to be. Maybe she maybe she's retweeting somebody's thing or whatever right and i look i'm like oh okay cool and then i was very intrigued because then i think there was a couple of times like you like you would have those uh like anonymous questions right and you'd be like oh and i'll always say like i think the first time i ever sent one to you and i was just like i see you i seen a post of yours and i see you in a whole new light because all i thought about with you was wrestling and then i was just like oh see there's always another side to everyone when it comes to this crazy world that we are in but well, like I said, we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, what did you think of All Out? Because I know you don't really watch WWE as much. Yeah, right? yeah. So I I used to. Um, uh-huh. You know, obviously before AEW, right? WWE was you know the the king. It was the main mm-hmm. avenue for mainstream wrestling, especially in North America. And so I was watching for quite a while um, since I was a kid. You know, mm-hmm. on and off, and kind of got really back into it in 2015, and then just kind of stopped in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and then AEW came out, and that kind of I had I I only have so much time to watch so much wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of what I've decided to start following. I still try to catch as much WWE like um, the bigger pay per views. Like mm-hmm. by far the best pay per view still I think is the Rumble. Um, right. My, like, goal in life is to get to a Rumble someday. I really want to go to one of them live. Like Same. Right? Like, I just think it would be so much fun. And, like, I love a countdown. I love the surprises. I mm-hmm. love, like, fun little spots. There's so much fun to be had with the Rumbles. And so, you know, I always have, like, a little bit of a, a soft spot for WWE. Right. My girl, Nikki Bella, today. Okay. Um, but, yeah, over the last few years, definitely have kind of moved over a little bit more to mm-hmm. the side of things so. right what 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 does it have to take for wwe to bring you back full-time Ooh, that's a good question i mean like it's not necessarily that they've done anything that i haven't enjoyed i think it's just the fact that there's so much mm-hmm. on wwe like three hours of Raw. Is SmackDown still two hours right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, it is. Like, you know, NXT and everything, and then, like, there's so many paper, I mean, PLEs, I guess, that they're... <laughs> yeah, because uh, some people will take that serious, so they're like, it's a PLE yeah. now, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So there's just, there's just so much content, mm-hmm. and I don't have cable. Um, and so the, the thing is, like, I, I can only catch so much... So I usually mm-hmm. have people who watch um, AEW, and so mm-hmm. I watch it with them. Right. Um, 
and they don't necessarily watch WWE, so I don't have anyone to watch it with. So it's more of a time thing. It's not necessarily, um, you know, anything that they, they've been doing or not doing or anything. I There's some amazing wrestlers on there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was able to go to uh, the Elimination Chamber this year, okay. which was bonkers amazing. I was fourth row. Like, it, Oof, lucky so you. it was it was actually insane. I had nosebleeds. Uh-huh. Posted a photo on Twitter of where I was. Mm-hmm. And someone found me who, like, followed me on Twitter. Right. And they were like, hey... Um, I have a, an extra ticket in the fourth row if you want to come with me. So, yes. <laughs> and you know, and we'll, we'll get into your fans, too, because yeah. they are very, like, they are very loyal. Yes, like, they are. Which is yeah. great. For sure. Um, so, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I try to catch up as much as I can. There's definitely uh-huh. some incredible wrestlers and storylines and things. Um, I, I do kind of want to get back into it a little bit more just because mm-hmm. – there's there's definitely some storylines that I want to keep up with a little bit, um, and and some wrestlers that I really enjoy seeing on the WWE side of things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I know you're into like you're big with and like independent circuit and stuff like that. Is there anyone um, in particular that people should be like looking out for? That like you know because you get a lot of people who only watch WWE or they just watch AEW because they want to like go for an, like, an alternative, right? But yeah. there's so much talent in the indie world. I always, you know, I, I talk to a lot of indie people that I hear, you know, they come on the show and, and stuff like that and try to get their names out there a little bit more. But is there anyone, like, that you're following right now that just, like, you say to yourself, like, this guy or this girl needs to be signed somewhere, like, yeah. today? There are some incredible wrestlers on the indie scene. And, like, so just as a context, I... I love GCW, and I'm a big yeah. deathmatch girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the wrestlers that I, like, really love, I don't know that they would get booked just because they're, like, primarily deathmatch. Like, if if I want to, like, throw out a name, like, Rina Yamashita, incredible. Um, every time I see her, like, I don't know if you know uh, Hoodfoot. Yes. Um, okay. Like, he's a, he's a bigger dude, you know? He's, mm-hmm. you know, and she lifted him and, like, power bombed him and like like walked across the stage or the stage sorry i used to work in the music industry so sometimes it like mm-hmm. blows out uh but like walked across the ring with him and i was just like are you are you serious like as soon as i saw that i was just like this this person is incredible like she's an amazing in the ring um i love sawyer wreck um effie is incredible Definitely. um i just think he is just like not even just talking about like how incredible he is in the ring, but his mm-hmm. ability to engage with an audience and like connect as a character, I cannot understand how this man has not been booked on a on a major you know promotion yet. Um, Effie's just incredible. I love him. Tony Deppin has been like grinding away and is just such a workhorse. He is incredible. Um, uh, he's on he's on impact so i don't know if it like really counts but like uh mike bailey i love and mm-hmm. fellow canadian um so big fan of that <laughs> but yeah, yeah. There's, there's so many great you know wrestlers out there and 
I've been so lucky to be able to use the last like couple years to travel around a little bit and get to some mm-hmm. of these shows and see some of these people live and up close. And I think one of the reasons I love, um, you know, the indie stuff is like, you can be so close and so interactive mm-hmm. and it really helps kind of elevate the experience of a show. Um, so, you know, I've been to, I've been to Forbidden Door. I've been to mm-hmm. like some Monday Night Raws and things like that. And they're so fun, but a lot of the times you're kind of further away. There's mm-hmm. not like that interaction with the crowd and stuff. Um, and I'm such a, a big fan of like characters and, right. And, you know, the theatrics and the drama and everything. Um, not not the backstage drama, but, <laughs> you know, in the ring. Um, right. And what so, goes on in the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love being able to, like, be a part of that in some in some way. Like, as right. Um, yeah. Hey, I, I feel the same way because, like, you know, like, I, I love the independent scene here. I live in New York, so we get a lot of, you know, different independent shows that come here. And I've actually, you know, got to work with a lot of other like independent uh, wrestling promotions that are here. And you know, you, you you hit the 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 nail right on the head, like right there. Like being on an indie show is so much better than say like going to like a WWE show. Mm-hmm. I think I've been to more indie shows than WWE shows, just because like you interact with everyone. And yeah. I've, you know, me doing like uh, like backstage work, interviews and stuff like that. I've really gotten to know a lot of talent and see them grow and actually seen a lot of these people go to AEW yeah. and wrestle and be like, oh, my God, I know this guy. I was just hanging out with this guy a couple of days ago, and now he's fighting Hangman Adam Page on Rampage. Like, right. it's it's crazy. Uh, shout out Nick Wayne, by the way. Yep. Uh I am so stoked to be able to see him on a bigger stage on AEW right now. Like, literally just the nicest kid in the entire world. And, like, he deserves all the, like, accolades that he is going to have in the many years, I hope, that he's going to be in the business. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's so great to be able to see, like, some of the people that you've been following for a little bit, you know, getting those chances and getting those opportunities. It's just, like, it's really nice. Yeah, I mean Nick. Nick, I've been following him for a good while now, and just to see like his progression throughout the business has been incredible. And he's so young, and it's just like you're like you're gonna see him do some amazing stuff, even if he doesn't stay with AEW for long. Like he has that character look that can take him far. Say if he goes to WWE, yeah, you know what I mean. He can even transition into TV. Yeah, absolutely. Which is good for which is good for him because. You know, I always say if you want to become a good wrestler, you go to AEW, you stay in the indies, and you grind it out. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be you're gonna be a wrestling star. Look at Matt Cardona after he left WWE. Amazing, amazing career. Yeah. Since, since leaving, oh, right? Yeah. And then you have other people that I always say like, hey, if wrestling is not your thing, and you're kind of just using this to like push yourself someplace else, then go to WWE. They're gonna get you. They're gonna get you Disney. They're right. gonna get you all those, you know, studio films and stuff like that. Probably get you on on TV show here and there. Yeah. And then you know you'll be good. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What did you think of All Out? 
I really enjoyed it. I honestly, I I had such low expectations mm-hmm. from the fact that it was a week after All In. Like there right. was really not any build for it, like any of the storylines. And you know, they they were able to like work some of those in there. Um, but I I really had low expectations, so I think that's part of it. But I had such a fun time. Like all the matches, I thought were really fun. Um. Some of them, obviously, like I said, I'm a big deathmatch girl, so some of them mm-hmm. got real bloody, and so I was very happy about that. Um, I loved, you know, that strat match was mm-hmm. nuts. Like, the the folks that I was watching with, like, are um, a little bit more, like, fans of kind of older ROH and, like, PWG and stuff like mm-hmm. that. They were like, you, like, you've never seen, like, Brian when he's, like, He's, He's on it, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, him with those straps, man, like, he was going for it. Um, so that was super fun. Love the, like, Orange Cassidy and Mox match. little bit disappointed with the result of that one, but we'll see where this goes. Um, but, yeah, there were a lot of fun fun matches, and, mm-hmm. like, I thought the pacing was pretty good. It it was a little bit late for me. I'm on um I'm on the east coast of Canada, so I'm in Atlantic uh-huh. time zone. So it Ooh. ended around like one thirty in the morning for me. Right. So a little a little bit late for me, but um overall I, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I thought that um like when they had you know Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley, the first thing that came to my mind was they're gonna give Orange Cassidy some time off. Because <laughs> you think about it, like I think what he defended that title about like like thirty times. Yeah. Since he's since he's had it, like every week, mm-hmm. he will open up dynamite. Yeah. And he would defend that title against all these people. It felt like John Cena's U.S. Open. If you ever yeah. seen that, right? It's like different people will come in, and you're like, okay, like, how is he going to get out of this? Yeah. You know what I mean? And but listen, kudos to freaking Orange Cassidy for having that long of a run and defending, putting his body on the line every single week to yeah. entertain fans and stuff like that. You know, like, I was just like, yeah, give him a break, let him get some time off, and then let him come back. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think, and I hope that this is kind of like the launch of him getting that more kind of like, you know, championship, like mm-hmm. title picture kind of um, trajectory for him. Right. He's established the international title He's established that he is able to, you know, um, headline a pay-per-view. Like, he has the fans in the palm of his hand. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I really hope that this was kind of like, okay, let's give him a little bit of time off, and then when he comes back, he's going to be, like, gunning for that title. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really hope so. I'm a big fan of his, and um, I was at the – the Toronto show where he won the title, which Ooh. was so fun. Like, I I don't know that I've seen like a, a big title change like on a like on a sh- uh, weekly show before. Right. So that was really exciting to kind of be there for that in person. Um, so I yeah I have like a little little soft spot for him because I was there for for his title win. Right. But um you know I love Mox like he is one of my favorites and has been for years and so. I always love seeing him, like, you know, have a title and everything. I, I just didn't, like, I don't know that he needs it, but um, I think you're right. You know, let's give, let's give Orange a little, little vacation. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, 
because when I when I seen he was going up against Mox for the title, I said, okay, they're going to end up giving Moxley the title, which is a good transition from one champion to another, like to give it to to, to Moxley because we know he'll defend it every week too. Absolutely. The second that they, I think it was Taz on commentary said that this is um, the workhorse's title. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, they're giving it to Mox. Yep. I knew, like that second yep. that they were like they're establishing this as kind of the workhorse title. They're giving it to Mox to show that, you know, this is going to be defended. Because mm-hmm. you know that that guy is going to, like, put it all on the line. He's oh, going yeah. to every single week. Like, he is going to bleed buckets for you, and he's going to do everything he can. He's going to put out some great promos. Like, um, so, yeah, I, I, it's nice to see that they're kind of, like, establishing some more, um, what's the word, like, more important titles. Like, not just the main, you know, mm-hmm. world championship, but – they're doing a lot with some of their secondary titles as well, so that's really nice. And I, and I see because they left that door open, like we said, that these two can meet again inside mm-hmm. of a ring for this title. When um, Orange Cassidy went online, he went on Twitter and said, "You know, I didn't make John Moxley bleed. What does that say about me?" And right. I'm like, "Man, like you, like when you come back, Moxley's gonna be all over the floor, freaking bloody. Like that's we, we're gonna it's gonna be an all out fight between these two. Yeah, right. absolutely. But I, I just hope that like, if they do do a rematch, it's not just one because they they're very entertaining. Yeah. Like, I could see both of them sitting there and giving us at least like the best of three. I would love to see a best of three with some different stipulations and things like that mm-hmm. to kind of like mix it up and like just see some different styles out of them. I think it would be really interesting. Um, you know, the first. Uh, death match that I ever saw in person was John Moxley and Nick Gage, and so I just love seeing my boy Mox covered in blood and like having some fun out there. Um, yeah, it, and it was funny. Like I loved, I actually loved the fact that he was kind of like just fine. He came out of that looking great, mm-hmm. and OC is the one who's just like covered, you know, in in blood for that match. I think it was like something that people weren't quite expecting from mm-hmm. it. So I liked I like that change a little bit. So you're a big fan of of deathmatch wrestling. I am. I've only seen a deathmatch on TV, which okay. is like through my computer. Yep. Obviously, you're not gonna catch it on the network. <laughs> but um, it takes a special person to like be a fan of these shows, to go to these shows. I've never been to one. I. Many times I've said I should just drive to Atlantic City and check out a GCW show. I've seen two right. GCW shows here in New York, but because New York rules are different, they're no not going to no, no blood. blood. So yeah. no no death matches here. And I didn't know that until I went to my first GCW show because I was hyped. I was like, oh, GCW is going to come a little closer. I don't have to drive two hours to like go and watch this. I'm going to watch it here. And I was with a friend of mine who he goes to like GCW shows out in Atlantic city. And he was like, it's not going to be the same. And I was like, what do you mean? It's GCW. Like these guys go all out. He goes, no, 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 no. He's like, there's rules in New York. Like you can't have blood like this, like the way they do in Atlantic city. And I was just like, really? He was like, yeah. He's like, if you want to see all this, you need to go to Atlantic city or if they have like another uh, show at another city, someplace else. Yeah then, you know, you, you do that. And then I was like, maybe like two years ago, I had a ticket to go see um, a GCW show in Chicago. Okay. And I said to myself, I said, all right, I'm going to take a nap. 
and then I'll get ready because the show was at like one in the morning. Oh no! Did you fall asleep? Yep. So <laughs> I remember, I remember, I was sitting there, I was watching Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and I said, oh, "Okay, cool. I set my alarm. I'm good to go." I was gonna drive there, and then I woke up, and it was seven in the morning, and I'm like, "What happened?" And, yeah, I was like. <laughs> also, can I just comment? You said drive two hours to Atlantic City. Yeah. I'm, I'm from Canada. Every the, the closest city to us really is like Montreal, which is like uh-huh. a 12 to 14 hour drive. So okay, when I go. I'm going I'm gonna to shut up now for saying <laughs> two hours. <laughs> but when I go to Atlantic City, it's about a 20-hour drive for me. So I try to go most of the, the GCW shows. I've been going for about, like, two-ish years in Atlantic uh-huh. City. And it's about, yeah, 20 hours each each way. Um, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you this promise. <laughs> and people who listen to this will... If I don't do this, they're going to hit me up in my DMs and be like, did you go? Did you?" The next time you go to a show in Atlantic City, I will take that drive. If you're doing 20, yeah. I, could do, I could do the two. You can do two. You can do I two. I could do two. I believe in you. <laughs> I will meet up with you and go yeah. to this GCW show. Perfect. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, because that's long, 20 hours. Wow. I can't even stay in the car for two hours. That's like... Yeah. I had some friend of mine just over the weekend. They drove to Florida, and they were like, you should come with us. And I was like, no. Like, first of all, I'm a dad. I can't just leave. And second, I'm not driving 17 hours in a car to go all the way down to Florida. Like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's wild. Yeah. So what are are some tips for people who have never been to a deathmatch show? Like, what what are the do's and don'ts? that we need to, like, make sure we have in our back pocket. Okay. So one of the things, especially if you're near the front, like if you're in the front row, second Mm -hmm. row, anything like that, you have to be so, so attentive. Mm -hmm. There is glass flying everywhere. There is, you know, shards of uh, light tubes. There's so many things that could be flying. There's wrestlers running into you covered in blood. Um, so it's so important to be attentive. Like, obviously you always want to like pay attention to a show, but it's just so integral in this, you know, environment because you could get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of folks who, you know, will bring, um, bandanas or like uh-huh. masks or something or, um, safety goggles. Um, like you go on to work in a construction site. Exactly. Like there's so much glass flying everywhere. So it's, it's so important. Um, I usually, I I kind of stay back for those shows a little bit because I'm like a bit of a baby um, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to get hurt. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean like the, the most important is just like being aware of your surroundings um, Mm -hmm. and just like making sure that you are, you know, giving the wrestlers enough space. There's, there's so much interaction, especially GCW shows like in, you know, indie shows in general, there's so much, you know, interacting with the crowd and everything like that. But um and, and it's expected for the crowd to kind of be involved in some way. Like, you know, people rushing to the, the ring and, like, you know, banging on the mat mm-hmm. and everything like that. Um, I have done that in the past when I maybe had a couple drinks in me. And I maybe <laughs> started banging on the mat when there was broken glass on uh-huh. it. Um, so don't do that. Mm. Don't do that. <laughs> That's my. That's yeah, my I've favorite. I've read uh, I've read I've read some of your posts when you go to to these shows and I'm just like, 
okay, make sure not to do that. All yeah. right. So I'm going to stay away because I already knew the whole glass thing. I was like, yeah, I would never do a, a front. Yeah. A front row show to uh to GCW show in Atlantic City, so mm-hmm. make sure about that. Because that's what I did. Like when I went to to the one here, like I was maybe like five rows right. back from the ring, yeah. and and that's when my friend was just like, we could have just sat in the front, and I was just like, I didn't know. Like yeah. I just, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, and there are like I will say too, um, there are some some promotions that do some death matches. You know, New Fear City and like. Is it New York City? I think they're in in New York. Um, and like ICW, no holds bars and everything. They do them mm. just outside of city limits because New Jersey mm. allows you. To do that yes. Budget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you might not even have to go as far as Atlantic City. There are there are some places right. kind of closer by, but. Yeah, no, I've seen like other places like in in New Jersey. There's a lot closer yeah. that. I've had, um, you know, different matches, but there's nothing like a GCW oh, no. show. Like, I you know, so you, love it. Like, so, you, you, you know, you want to get that experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. I think there, you know, if there's another promotion after, you know, AEW and WWE and, like, th- there, I know that there are some others that are, you know, Impact is on TV. We've got some folks on there. Mm-hmm. I honestly think GCW is doing so much for the scene and like bringing out some of those incredible wrestlers. And they are, they do have quite a few people from impact like Masha's on there and like Mike Bailey, like I mentioned before and everything like that. But um, I, I just like the storylines and just the amount of talent, but the, um, the variety of styles that they have on there like, you can have mm-hmm. a match, like, or even they just had one with Vikingo and Nick Gage. Oh, that was pretty good. I, I saw the, the, like, the highlights of that. Yeah, like, it was bonkers, but it was, like, it was really fun. And um, there's just so many styles from it, and, like, that's kind of how I got into Deathmatch. I was, like, I the first one I ever watched was the David Arquette-Nick Gage Deathmatch, which... Oh, boy. Was, like, I... I, I still remember that. I, I, like, had to look away, and I, I was, like, I can't believe people are doing this. And then somehow I've kind of gotten desensitized to it, and now I'm just, like, mm-hmm. yeah, bleed more. Like, do it. Like, cut them up. Like, I'm that person now. Oh, God. We see a whole new different side of yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Didn't know I had it in me. <laughs> oh, my God. So, in, at the top of the show, because we're getting into our, our second half of the show, uh, you said that you are joining the podcast world. Do you and you're still looking for still a name? Still working on a name. Still working on a name. But what can people expect from this show? Because you're very open yes. to an extent. I know you said to an extent you're open to certain things that you share with like a lot of your fans that you um, that you have. And I know some probably who, there's probably people probably listening to this is like fans. Like he never said what she does. Right. We'll get into yeah. It. Right. But what can people expect yeah. um, from this show? So on uh, what I call my pages, um, I have a bunch of different theme days. Um, I have mm-hmm. one for wrestling. I have one for music. I have a few others. The one that I do that is, like, my favorite and I think is a lot of people's favorite is called Storytime Saturday, where mm-hmm. I kind of share like crazy but true stories that have happened to me. And also a lot of the times it's kind of like sexy stories that have happened to me. But I try to kind of keep the like 
I can't believe that this is a thing that happened. And um, so I want to kind of flip the script a little bit um, and invite some people on. I want to keep it kind of to wrestlers, musicians, and sex workers, um, kind of the three, like, pockets of where I, I am most known for um, and have them on to kind of share their stories and share their strange but true stories that have happened to them. And uh, so kind of like a continuation of Storytime Saturday, but giving it mm-hmm. back to some of my pals and people that I want to interview and everything and um, kind of integrate all the different aspects of my personality and my my interests. So for people who are listening to the audio version of this, um, I found out when I first saw your one of your posts was I think you were doing a cosplay and I was just like, oh, OK, like she does like cosplay stuff or whatever, right? Like sexy stuff. And I was like, I, and then I clicked on the page and I seen everything else. And I was like, OK, she has an OnlyFans. She's doing all these videos. And then I kind of, you know, you go down that like rabbit hole of stuff. Yeah. And I'm just like, she is very uh, interactive when it comes to like talking to like fans and, and stuff. So, like, what got you, like, into this? So, it's actually really interesting. I I had been thinking about starting an OnlyFans for a little bit. And, you know, obviously, the pandemic happened, kind of blew up. Um, And I, about a year later, in 2021, I was on stress leave from work. Um, I used to work Mm -hmm. in the music industry and then also in events. And I was on stress leave for, like, three months. And I was like, like, I need to try and figure something out. And I had a wrestler who messaged me and they were like, you know, like, I bet you could do really well on OnlyFans. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know if there'd be any interest or anything. And so one of the biggest things that I was worried about was whether or not I would be able to even make enough content. Like just, mm-hmm. it's so much work. Um, and so I was like, I don't know if I can like, you know, do be creative enough and all these things. Um, and while I was on that break, I decided to just go for it, kind of bank a bunch of content and told myself if I had 24 followers in the first 20 or in the first month that I would, you know, give it some time. And I got 50 followers mm-hmm. in the first 24 hours. Um, and so I was like, okay, there is some interest there. And so that's kind of how I got into it was uh, a nice little nudge and push from a, uh, a wrestler who will remain unnamed. Um, but they they kind of are the reason I started an OnlyFans. <laughs> so, so this person who will remain nameless, yeah. you know, uh, a, a lot of people are thankful <laughs> for you, right? But like, But like I said, I love the fact that, like, your your drive and your hustle is what I love. And that's one of the things that I was just like, I, I want to sit down with her and just have this conversation because I remember I had a conversation with somebody else who came on the show and I was saying, I was like, if you look on like Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, um, like 90% of the girls that we see on there, if you go on their profile, they all have an OnlyFans, right? Yeah. right? And I always said this. I was just like, what does it take for somebody to click on an OnlyFans and say, like, I'm going to support you, 
right? Because you can say I am very, oh yeah, I chat with everyone. Oh yeah, if you want to talk to, and people, and a lot of them, you know, they'll say like, if you want to talk to me, this is where I answer most of my like my yeah. DMs. But but with you, I see you. You interact with people on Twitter all the time. All the time, yeah. Because. Because cause I was even saying to myself, I was like, damn, do I need to, like, subscribe to the OnlyFans just to, like, to send a message to show? And then I, I said, you know what? I'm going to s- just send a random message. And then you you had hit me up, and you was like, oh, just, yeah, here. Here's my email. Here's my DM. Yeah. Just I'll answer here. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Right? So, and then, like we said before, a lot of the people that follow you are very loyal. Because I remember you, you you were saying like you know oh I was I was stuck here and I you know sent a message out and somebody got me you know a place to like to stay until like my flight and I was just like oh man like that's great and like for me I would say the again the hustle and the drive that you that you've done I think that's what a lot of people what attracts a lot of people to you. Well, thank you. I I think the biggest thing too is like I say this to a lot of people who kind of reach out to me and ask me about, like, you know, I want to start an OnlyFans. What can I do? Like, what advice do you have? There is so much free porn on the Internet. And there are so many hot people who have an OnlyFans. And the thing that I think, you know, you, you kind of touched on it when you were like, what is it going to gift or like what is it going to be for someone to actually go through and like subscribe and the thing that I think actually makes the biggest difference of anything is personality and I think that that often gets overlooked because it is quite you know it's a physical sexual Mm -hmm. but the thing that I think you know helps me stand out and like you know some of the folks that I'm good friends with and who also have an OnlyFans or you know, other platforms or anything like that um, is their ability to kind of connect with people. And I think people often forget about that. Like the, the thing that that makes people want to support you is you like mm-hmm. you want to be able to show some personality. You want to be able to, you know, interact with people. Like I, I know so many places and like creators who say, you know, I will not like answer an, a DM unless you send me $50 first. And that works if you're a fin dom. Absolutely. If you're mm-hmm. like a, a financial dominatrix. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But if you're just like, you know, I'm just kind of like a vanilla sexy girl on the internet. Like, right. I want to be able to talk to people. I want to, I want people to get to know me because like, that's what's actually going to like make them want to subscribe. I'm not the hottest girl in the world. I don't have the biggest mm-hmm. butt. Like I don't have a BBL, like you know what I mean, right. but I think that I have, you know, something that's just like being able to, to engage with folks and like have a personality and be able to show that off. And like, I, I want to be able to like take this opportunity to talk about all the things that I love, like, I love being able to talk about wrestling and music and, like, things Mm -hmm. that I'm genuinely passionate about, and then you're telling me that these people want to talk to me about it, and, like, like, that's awesome, like, I love that, I love being able to, like, just spend all day talking about the shit that I love, like, it's wonderful, like, I love that, Um, and so, 
thank you um, for for saying for saying that. But yeah, I think I think it's um, it's so integral to just like be able to show off your personality more than anything. Now, when I came to you and I told you some of the show notes, and I said, "Yeah, like we'll we'll give some we'll give some advice." Yeah to some people that are out there and he was like, Oh my gosh. Right. It was like, you kind of, and in my mind, I was thinking she read this and she said, am I really ready for this <laughs> to, to give people advice? But then now you are um, going into the podcast world and I'm guarantee you that people are going to ask you this. They're going to ask for advice. And one of the things that I'm going to ask you is this, if somebody, if there was a couple out there that needed to spice up their life, mm what advice would you give them? Okay. So the first thing is always just like, it's so important to communicate. Just talk mm-hmm. about it. Like the amount of people that I know who are like, oh, I like, I really wish that my boyfriend would do this. Or like, I really wish my girlfriend would do this. And I'm like, have you talked to them about it? And they're like, well, no. Cause I'm like, you know, I don't. And I was like, well, how are they going to like, no one can read your mind. And so the first mm-hmm. thing, first things first always is like communicate, communicate, communicate. Um, and I also like, I know that it, it sounds a little bit like contradictory because I'm going to say this, do not bring up like kinks and, right. and stuff in bed. Bring it up outside of that first. Right. Bring it up by being like, oh, I saw this funny meme and it had like this this thing and it was like, oh, it said to like spit in your mouth. Like, would that be something that you'd be into? Like, I don't know. Like, just bring it up in a way that's a little bit more casual that you can talk about it. Because I think that one of the things that people sometimes think is like, oh, I'm going to bring it up while we're having sex or like while we're in the bedroom, while we're. That's, that's the No, that's the worst thing to worst do. Worst time because it's like you're in a like in a different mindset, you're kind of like in a different groove and everything. And I find that it's just like, it's, it's the least appropriate place to bring up a new Uh thing. Like more than anything, I love sexting. Like I love sexting so much. Also Uh probably like my specialty at work. Um, And I think that that's such an easy, fun way to introduce something Mm -hmm. new. Like be like, Hey, I would love to like, Maybe, maybe we want to have a threesome. Maybe I want to work on like introducing some new toys or mm-hmm. I want to, you know, do some, some new stuff. Like play it out while sexting or like while like dirty talking, you know, like you don't have to immediately go from like, Hey, I want to try this thing to like buying a wig and buying all the toys and doing all the things and then trying right. to inter- like integrate it in. Like just just you just throw it on a person because depending depending on who like who you it whether it's like you know the guy trying to introduce something to like a girl or the girl trying to introduce something to a guy like for I know I've listened to stories where guys are just like I don't want to use toys like in the bedroom because mm-hmm. like I should be the only toy that she wants to play yeah. with but then at the same time like there are benefits of using toys inside of a bedroom Absolutely. you know what I mean it's that could listen. That could be your backup. You know what I mean? Because if there's if it's hot and heavy, 
you you want to you want to have somebody you want to have something to help you out there with right and and I know for like a lot of guys you know that I've heard they all go say the same thing I was just like hey like this is not something that I want to do and I'm just like you need to open up your mind to yeah something. I think that a yeah. lot of the times men especially can be really intimidated by toys because they kind of like especially things like you know that are more phallic shaped like maybe they think mm-hmm. like maybe they're comparing themselves like is like right. do you like that size better than me or like is it like right. like but it's such like a a help like more than anything like i i think it can be so sexy like play with it together and like you mm-hmm. know find ways to be able to um introduce it in a way that maybe you you do a little bit of role play with it so then it Mm-hmm. It's a little bit removed from your your like more intimate moments together or anything like that. That's right. the first thing that you're worried about is like feeling intimidated by it or, you know, emasculated by it or anything. But like also there's a lot of toys that are really fun for men too. And I find a lot of people sometimes are a little bit hesitant to um play with them, like men especially so many fun things that you can introduce and like if if that's not your jam that's totally fine too you know like, mm-hmm. i like i think that i'm probably a little bit more vanilla than people assume that i am because of my work but right. i i do like being able to bring in some toys and bring in some outfits sometimes and and things like that but i was never like i wasn't always that way like i remember mm-hmm. i had a boyfriend who was very into um he was more into like humiliation and things like that. And I, I had never like, I had never heard right. that before. Now it's something that like, I'm so comfortable with because I do it for work so mm-hmm. often. Okay. Um, but yeah, like he wanted me to humiliate him and like, I was just about to ask, like, is it, he wants to do it to you or is like you to him? Yeah. Like, how does this, how does this work? Yeah. So he was, you know, a little bit more submissive. He wanted me to kind of like, humiliate his his dick and things like that in uh-huh. the bedroom um and i i was very much like but but i don't want to make you feel bad and yeah because that could that could backfire though but it's it's also that's the part where communication comes in is like understanding right. why that's turning someone on and that's uh-huh. kind of being able to understand them and that kind of helps you you know play into it a little bit more, see like what mm-hmm. aspects of it they find that turns them on and be able right. to integrate that. Like it's so interesting. Like there's so many people that I know who are like really into small penis humiliation, like 10 mm-hmm. inch dicks. And I'm just like, what? Like why? Why would you want to hurt you? But I'm also just like, you, <laughs> you know that you don't, you don't have a small dick, right? But like, it's so interesting. And so it's, it's all about like losing control or like not being the one in control. And that's, that's the thing that turns them on. And so it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I can use that. So it's, it's, um, it's really interesting. It's just like, again, communication and being able to understand your partner and like what turns them on and what, mm-hmm. you know, aspects of it will feel comfortable for you too. Because that's the other thing is like, um, I think it's so important to make sure that even though you're trying to, you know, live up to your partner's expectations 
and mm-hmm. fantasies and all these things, you have to be comfortable with it too. And right. so, you know, figure out what your limits are. And that's the thing that I think sexting helps a lot with mm-hmm. because you can kind of like, I, I know it can be really awkward in person. Like you kind right. of feel like you're like improving and you're like, yes. And like, you don't you know what I mean? Like it's so right. awkward and like trying to play a character or anything like that. It's like, am I supposed to have a script? Like, what do I do? Right. But like, if you're sexting about it a little bit first, like you get to kind of understand what keywords does your partner like to hear? Like, which ones are they mm-hmm. using? And you're like, Oh, I should probably use that on them. Like, that kind of um, like slow buildup mm-hmm. lets it be a little bit more um, comfortable. But what happens when you're more of the texter than the other person? Because mm. I've had those situations where like I will text more right. and the other person will be like, oh, okay, like that's that's nice. Like they, they enjoy it, but like they don't know what to say right. at all. You know what I mean? So it's just like you kind of – so then it always feels like you're putting more effort into it than the other person is. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's just like getting comfortable together. And I think it's also like if if you feel that you're not getting the same like interaction that you want to have with it, it might mm-hmm. just be that they're not sure what to say. And right. so, again, being able to kind of be like – you know, I would love if you said this kind of in the sim- similar way that like when I I have so many of my friends sometimes who will be like, oh, my God, they, this guy didn't know what he was doing in the bedroom. And like, I was like, mm-hmm. did you like tell him what you liked? Right. Like, well, no, but like, well, OK, well, how are they supposed to know? So like, you know, exactly. Offer a guiding hand, you know, just be like, hey, can we can we kind of do this session? I would love it. If you, you know, touched on this, if you said mm-hmm. this word, if you called me this, um, mm-hmm. just to be able to give them kind of a little bit more direction and hope that that helps them get out of their shell a little bit. Um, sometimes it just doesn't work. Sometimes it's a compatibility thing. Sometimes it's just like that person really is not as um, comfortable with their sexuality. And I think that that's more of a thing that they need to work on on their own like I I think especially like I know so many women who don't masturbate and I'm just like right like how do how do you want someone else to know what to do to you if you don't know what you're doing exactly and so you know being able to be a good partner I think is also partially being able to be a good you know self-lover um Mm-hmm. And and kind of like being able to be more comfortable with yourself sexually, in general, before being able to do that with someone else. Now, do you have like couples that come to you for like advice on on stuff, or is it just like mostly just people who are single? So it's interesting. I have a lot of like, I have I have a lot of um, how should I say this? I have a lot of partnered people who are subscribers who uh, mm-hmm. don't necessarily like maybe their partner isn't involved in the account or anything like that. Um, right. But they then talk to me about their relationship, which is how I know mm. that they are in a relationship. And I would honestly, right. 
th- this like weird idea that like people who pay for OnlyFans are like mm-hmm. sad, lonely, like dudes. Right. I would say that like the majority of people who subscribe to me have a relationship, are in a relationship, have a partner, have been married for years. Like I have a subscriber whose wife is another content creator. And the way that they found me was because she was streaming at the same time that Mm -hmm. I was. So he happened to be like looking in on her stream and saw that I was online and like, and, and then she followed me too. Like, um, but so it's, it's definitely more of a, like a, a single, but like someone will maybe ask me for advice relationship mm-hmm. in that way yeah cause me I, I've been married for a, a good couple yeah. of years now going on 12 years right and and I, and I and I was yeah and I always say it was like you know you gotta spice up the bedroom so like you know I know a lot of people right now they're like oh my god I've never heard this about Kenny before <laughs> but we, we like you try different things cause listen as, as the years go on ladies and gentlemen okay things are gonna get boring <laughs> Right, and to, for me, I always say this is why people get divorced or people go outside of their marriage or whatever and say, "Well, I was bored or I wanted something a little different. And I didn't know how to approach it." Just approach your partner and say, "Like, hey, maybe we want to try this." Now there might be some questions that might come out of this, you know, when you when you have these conversations, you know, that's why I asked you about like say like the like the role play mm-hmm. stuff because like you know when like you approach that and I remember approaching like my wife about this and I was just like yeah but like maybe we should role play and the first thing he came out of my mouth was well what what do you want and I was like I don't know right? <laughs> and that was it because I just came up with the idea but like I didn't know exactly like what to say or do like I don't know like I'm not gonna tell you well dress in a nurse's outfit and she's like well then I, okay I'm in a nurse's outfit but now, now what yeah you know what <laughs> I mean so you know uh like what do you say when it comes to like people who are trying new like newer things like how do you approach this like your partner and yeah. into in saying like hey I want to try this without feeling judged yeah absolutely. I think, like, one of the things that I actually love doing with people is sharing Mm -hmm. our favorite porn together, watching it together. And Mm -hmm. I think that that can be so sexy together and, like, being able to be like, oh, this is what you're you're watching, like, when I'm not in the room. Kind of, like, being able to see a little bit more of, like, what they're into in that way. And then Mm -hmm. um, being able to just, like, um, I don't know, just, like, I think, again, it, like, it comes down to just how comfortable you feel with someone. But, like, the the main thing, I think, is having trust in that person to um, understand you and not judge you for it. And I think that's right. the biggest thing, too, is, like, if your partner is coming to you and saying, you know, I – I have this kink and maybe it's something like a little Mm -hmm. bit out of the box or something like that. You have to understand that that can be a very intimidating thing for them to admit. And Mm -hmm. even if it's like, like I've had people tell me like, I, I don't know how to say this, but I love feet or like, I love like getting tied up. And it's just like, those are, super common kinks like they're super common but 
if you've never had a partner who lets you kind of explore that or never mm-hmm. brought it up before, it can be a lot of shame and a lot of embarrassment for it. And so I think it's it's also on that other person to be able to be like, okay, you know, even even in my work, I have had people bring up kinks that they want me to um, do on camera and things that I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. comfortable with. Right. And so you kind of have to navigate it and be like, okay, like that's not something that I'm necessarily comfortable with, but what if we start with something a little bit, you know, lower on, on the level, you know, like on the, a lower on the extreme. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, right. maybe like I, my friend was at a party recently where someone mm-hmm. had sex with a foot. Like the, the foot was fully in there. Wow. But like that is that is a lot. So like maybe mm-hmm. maybe you start with just like a foot massage. You right. know, like something that's just kind of a lower level. And so I think if you're concerned that you're, you know, there are some really extreme kinks out there. And if you do have one and you're not sure about how your partner's going to respond to it, kind of dip your toe in on something that's a little bit less Stream mm-hmm. that especially especially if the person, you know, if you both haven't really explored any kinks or like any you know super sexual um, things, um, just just start start small, <laughs> start small, and then like gradually see how they feel comfortable with it, and then hopefully they are open to it, and then you're able to kind of build on that and be like oh like I love that you were so into that maybe next time we can try this mm-hmm. so I think that's that's one of the things that I would say for sure so before I let you yes. go two two last questions yes. one what was something that at first you was like mm, I don't think so but then you kind of gave in and you enjoyed mm-hmm. it and then what's something that you're like, absolutely flat out, no, never ask me. I will block you today. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll i say that I'm a pretty open-minded person. I'm pretty kink-friendly. There are very mm-hmm. few things that, like, don't go against terms of service. So, like, anything that's, like, scat play, like, age play, anything mm-hmm. like that, definite no. Um, but those aren't allowed anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know... There's a lot of things that, like, I really, like, I had always been kind of more of a submissive person, and, like, the mm-hmm. idea of being, like, more dominant was so foreign to me. Like, I had mm-hmm. no idea what to do. Like, the first time that I had someone be, like, I want you to, like, you know, be dominant with me, I was just, like, I don't know. You froze. I had no idea. Like, I, I really I've had I've had that where I told I've <laughs> I told someone I was like listen like I want you to take control yeah. and it was just like what and I was like I want you to take control like I don't I'm gonna put in the work but I want you to put I want you let's reverse yeah. it I'm gonna put less work in and I want you to put more yeah. work in and the person just looked at me and was just like huh like. <laughs> And I was like, okay, like this is, yeah, you have to like gradually put, you know, like yeah. move them in. Well, I think in that, in that instance, the thing that I realized was like, okay, if I, if I'm not used to this, what do I like? Like if I'm more mm-hmm. submissive, what do I like when people are being more dominant? And then I kind of just like 
remembered these are the things that you're into, Willow, so why don't you just pretend that you're them? And it does take a little bit of, um, like, it takes a little bit of a, a of time to feel comfortable with it. Like the first time that I even had to do a role play video, like of mm-hmm. any kind, just the, the thought of having to talk to a camera felt so weird to me. Like, because I was like, this feels stupid. Like I'm, I'm talking right. as if you're there. There's no one there. Like I'm pretending <laughs> that I'm a teacher or like a secretary right. or something. I've never done any of those things. Like, what am I doing? But, like, now role play stuff is some of my favorite things to do because I love the creativity from it. So I think it's just, like, trying to find, like, little aspects of it that mm-hmm. um, you can enjoy and kind of, like, build off of those instead of feeling that kind of, like, panic and fear of the unknown. Like, kind of focus on the things that you do know and integrate those into it and then kind of see how comfortable you can get to it. Oh. This has been a really interesting conversation. I'm glad. <laughs> where I know a lot of people who are listening to this is just like, we've never heard this side of Kenny before. <laughs> I told you, moving into conversations with Kenny, we will start exploring more and more different adventures here. Because we, we sprinkled in, I sprinkled in certain stuff with wrestling. Like, we went to, like, things that we did when we were kids and, you know, and stuff like that. So I tried to, like, build it up for a lot of people. So it was very interesting to have you on here. And it was a good practice for you, too, because now you have something you can, you know, put down on your list of things and say, like, oh, well, maybe I should, you know, talk a little bit more about, like, couples advice and or ask, have people, you know, get advice from me, you know. And that's, a, like, a really great topic to uh, to have. Uh, guys, if you want to find out more about Willow Raven, follow her on on Twitter. That's where I I bumped into her at Willow Raven, right? That's the, so underscore Willow Raven. Uh, unfortunately, Willow Raven on its own was taken from someone who hasn't tweeted in like ten years. But um, <laughs> but if you want to um if you want to go to WillowRaven.ca, has all of my links mm-hmm. from Instagram, Twitter. Blue Sky, Reddit, TikTok, all the things. Uh, also has my spicy links on there if you're interested. Um, but it does have literally everything everywhere that you can find me. And uh, my blog is on there as well. All right. <laughs> Guys, That that is it for this uh, Conversations with Kenny. Uh, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. You already know if you're listening to the audio version of this, this drops every single Thursday at 10 o'clock. You can catch me live every single Wednesday at 7 o'clock here on YouTube and Facebook. You can also catch me on the Knuckleheads Network every single Monday at 7.30. We talk Monday Night Raw. We talk the weekend events. Uh, we talk more and more wrestling as the uh, the hours go by for Monday Night Raw because we all know Half the time, three hours is very boring for Monday Night Raw Wrestling. Uh, Shout-outs to the Knuckleheads Network, the Fake Cave Podcast, the Running Podcast, the Jabba Tears Network, and uh, so many more people that support me each and every day. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, I wouldn't be here without you guys. And until next time, have a good one.